0: Happy New Year, welcome to 2024. Today, we're looking ahead to the biggest stories we see on the horizon. It's Tuesday, January 2nd. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter and this is Front Office Sports Today. New Year, we are bringing in 2024 by having our esteemed writers lay out predictions for the year to come in the world of sports and business. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce our little panel here. This is the most people we've had on any podcast (laughs) recording. So, see how it goes. I'll start with our two newsletter co authors. Welcome, Eric Fisher. Hello. And David Rumsey. Hey, Owen. Thanks for having me. And then we've got senior writer Mike McCarthy. Happy New Year, Owen and uh and senior reporter aj perez hey there all right great to have you all so we're just going to go around um uh when you are called on you say what you think is going to be one of the biggest stories of the coming year and i am going to start um on team newsletter let's go with eric what what do you think is going to be perhaps the biggest story in the sports business world of 2024
1: I think Las Vegas overall is going to be the biggest story. There's a lot of uh, dimensions to that. We've got the Super Bowl coming up in February at Allegiant Stadium. uh, But also what's going to happen with baseball? What's going to happen potentially with uh, a second iteration of the NBA in-season tournament? Uh, They're already talking about bringing the finals back there. What happens with NBA expansion? What happens with the second uh, iteration of the Las Vegas Grand Prix? All focus seems to be heading in the direction of Las Vegas, but it's not a simple, straightforward thing. This is still a small market by normal U.S. major pro sports standards, and things like the A Stadium, it's not going to be a straightforward situation, that there are site issues, there are uh, regulatory issues, and so, yes, all the money and the intention is flowing in the direction of Las Vegas, uh, but there's going to be some bumps along the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Stadium one. I'm obviously that, that's the story I've been watching for a long, long time. Um, and yeah, can they make the Vegas effect work over you know 162 game season, 81 home games? I guess we'll see. Uh, David, let's hop to you next. Uh, wh- what do you see as as the big, uh, you know, the, the big story of 2024?
2: I'm gonna be really interested to see if John Rahm going to live golf actually makes a difference for viewership or interest in that league. Obviously there's still a lot to be determined between its partnership with the PGA tour. And, you know, that could be changing as we speak. It could come down at at any point that a lot of things are happening, but I think, you know, John Rahm is getting paid more than $500 million reportedly to join live golf. And, you know, he's seen as one of the more serious golfers out there. So if you have him joining Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Phil Mickelson, are people actually going to start to care about Liv? Could it compete with the PGA Tour as it sorts out its future there? I don't know if it'll be enough, but that's going to be interesting to watch from my perspective.
0: Yeah, I mean, the future of golf is, is very much in question here as, as we go forward. I think we'll get we'll start to get some answers with that. Uh, Mike, let's hop to you. What's what's your big numero uno story going in?
3: Well, Owen, I'm going to give you a hat trick of stories from my beat, which is sports media. I mean, number one, by far, is what companies end up with NBA media rights. Uh, The NBA is finishing a cycle of media rights deal with uh, Walt Disney Company's ESPN and Warner Brothers Sports TNT that has kept most of the games on cable for the past 20 years. But now you've got all these streamers ready to come in. You've got Amazon, you've got Netflix, you got Apple, and I'll tell you another wild card who I'm hearing a lot about is NBC Sports. Don't forget, uh, many people still you know think of uh, the NBA's time with NBC Sports in the '90s as a golden age. You know, you had Michael Jordan, you had Costas, who had all these great personalities. All right, uh, AJ,
0: your your beat is kind of you know the legal sphere, but a, a lot a lot of different stuff. So I'm curious where you're going to go with this. What, what's your big story?
4: Ah, uh, we got a lot of uh, you know, a lot of lawsuits that are going to be carried over on um, June. Sorry, on January 12th, there's going to be a, a an appeals hearing for John Gruden. That's one case that's been going on for a couple of years now. We got Jim Trotter's lawsuit against the against the NFL, the racial racial discrimination lawsuit a lot of legal things are happening. Um, you know, the, obviously we saw, as David mentioned, the, uh, PIF, uh, live partnership with the PGA tour ended that litigation. That was a big one, but there's gonna be other cases, uh, now popping up and a lot of cases continuing into 2024.
0: And remind us what's John Gruden on trial for.
4: Oh no, John Gruden is suing the NFL. Uh, right. he sued him two years ago for after he was forced out of the Raiders and, um, And uh, he's claiming that the NFL leaked the emails that led to his downfall and his resignation as head coach of the Raiders.
0: Yeah, yeah, very interesting. All right, I guess let's just – keep this train going. Uh, Eric, back to you. Um, what, what else do you see coming down
1: the road in this year? Well, what's coming down the road are some big decisions on what's going to become a Diamond Sports Group, uh, the bankrupt parent of Valley Sports, uh, the largest uh, single regional sports network operator in the country. Um, already, there has been a sort of winnowing of stature for that company. They've made some deals to part with some rights at the end of 2024, and there's been some increasing suggestions that this company could be headed for uh, dissolution, a Chapter Seven proceeding in which there would be no more DSG. But there, more recently, there's also been some suggestions that Amazon be, could be coming in and investing in the company, which could turn that boat around and give it give it a new sign of life. So, does that company survive? What becomes of the RSN situation? And does the company survive in full or is it sort of Picked for parts. So, a lot of different questions in terms of what the RSN landscape is going to look like and what the biggest player in the RSN business is going to look like.
3: What we're watching in real time is the collapse of the sports cable bundle. This is the cable bundle that has nourished leagues and teams literally for decades. It was the most profitable thing they ever invented. They loved it. Teams and leagues made over like, made out like bandits, hand over fists you know, by uh, by charging millions and tens of millions of dollars for their rights. And here it is in real time collapsing before our eyes. And as Eric said, we're finding out piece by piece what is going to replace it. And I know there's a lot of panic and fear out there.
0: Yeah. And Eric mentioned Amazon. We covered that story not too long ago that they could be investing in diamond. Makes enough sense to me that they could be the the RSN of the future. Do you, do you think that's a possibility?
1: Possibly, uh, again, we talked about this that you sort of think about. You know, Amazon really kind of sees itself as almost kind of like a consumer ecosystem. You see the bigger notions that Amazon Prime isn't just your shipping or your way to get stuff sent to your house. You know, becomes you know a portal for all things content and and into other services and whatnot. And so, you know, the the notion of an Amazon Prime RSN. that's really not very far-fetched to me because, again, everything's being sort of blown up and reconstructed in real time, and there are a few companies with deeper pockets, bigger resources, or bigger aspirations right now than Amazon.
3: Yeah. And the other one to w- look, watch here is Script Sports. They are making no bones about the fact that they're coming in as this white knight to help distressed uh, leagues and teams, uh, you know, them out of the clutches of the dastardly diamond sports so uh you know as as eric said you know you have these companies like amazon scripts that have the money to come in and really you know offer a pretty good deal to people who are in dire straits financially
0: yeah um david let's let's get a new topic circulating here what's another um you know big story you see coming
2: Yeah, I want to go back to the field because it's going to be Lionel Messi's first full season in MLS. You know, Inter-Miami is going on this big international tour ahead of the MLS season, and then he's going to have a full year at Inter-Miami to sell tickets down in South Florida, to sell tickets at Every single away venue that he goes to, and see what else can happen with MLS season pass, which allegedly doubled subscribers last season in the short months that he joined MLS at, at the big in the halfway through the season or so. So I think that's going to be really interesting. Uh, do fans start to care even more about Messi and MLS here in the United States? You know, Inter Miami won the league's cup. Can they? go on a run and win the MLS Cup this year, uh, make it into some other international competitions. I think it's going to be a big story to watch.
0: Yeah, and they were the worst team in MLS before Messi joined, and, and all of a sudden they weren't. They were winning a bunch of games. Um, It'll be interesting to see if the you know if they make the playoffs. Yeah, if they can go as far as the Cup, uh, what kind of excitement that brings around to the league. Um, And and Mike, we were just talking to you, but but what's what's another big story you see uh, in your media world?
3: Well, the biggest personality at ESPN right now is Stephen A. Smith, and there's a growing question of whether or not they're going to be able to retain him. Uh, Stephen A. has been a good soldier. Watching people like Troy Aikman and Joe Buck and even Pat McAfee come in and make more money than he has after he built First Take into this monster show over the last 12 years. Well, guess what? Stephen A's contract is up in 18 months, and he wants his bag. And if he doesn't get the bag, he's going to split and either go independent or go to late night TV. So ESPN has a really big decision to make here over the next year with their biggest star.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, where else can he go from ESPN? But okay, yeah, maybe he could be, you know, like a Jimmy Kimmel type or something or, or yeah, it's, just...
3: It's a very good question. I don't see him going to Fox because Fox doesn't have an NBA package and the NBA is bread and butter. But he does have his own production company already and he does have his own YouTube show. So I see him going the independent route that Pat McAfee did with YouTube and FanDuel before he went to uh, ESPN or even what Colin Cowherd is doing right now with the volume. The other thing, too, is he's talked about doing late-night show. He's hosted for Jimmy Kimmel. He's talked about being an actor. He's even talked about uh, going into politics. So he's going to have lots of options if he leaves the mothership.
2: Yeah, Mike, you know, it's really interesting listening to Stephen A. talk about all these things and his ambitions. If you listen to his podcast, which is kind of outside the realm of his ESPN first take work, he's – very forthcoming about what he wants to do and his uh, drive and passion to be successful, not just uh, monetarily, but, you know, he wants to be in the limelight and he has these, these huge goals. And uh, it's very interesting to to watch his growth.
3: Yeah, you're right, David. I mean, he does not uh, undercut himself whatsoever. He shoots for the moon and, uh, and AJ, how about him making that declaration that he wants to be number one to Clay Travis, I think that was a signal because Clay Travis has been ESPN's chief critic and chief tormentor for the last 10 years. So for Stephen A to go on Clay Travis's show and send the message to his signal that he wants to be number one, that's showing me AJ that he wants to play by his own rules.
4: Yeah. Yeah, he does. And uh, yeah, going on outkick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that's something else. And I think uh, Fox, uh, Fox owns outkick. So, and uh, that's uh that's pretty interesting. Um, also, I think this year, this, you know, 2024, we're going to be seeing more of what the NFL is going to do for expansion internationally. We saw the Sao Paulo announcement in December. Uh, we, uh, you know, there looks like it may even play early, maybe even week one. Um, now, that's part of it. Now, we reported back in March that, you know, the European division is a possibility in the, in, in, in the coming years. You know? and, and we reported uh, in December about, you know, the possibility of having an early window, the 930 international window coming coming and they've expanded the uh, number of games international games outside of jacksonville which has their own deal from four to eight they can have up to eight games and starting in 2025 we're this is where you know this is where the nfl sees the next big revenue stream is international and you're going to see that as they ramp up towards the la olympics with like football and we're also going to see you know and the olympics and the world cup before that and, and that's going to you know this is going to we're going to see uh, maybe different surfaces in, in uh, turf versus because you can't have artificial turf if for if, if, if for the World Cup. So we're going to see some teams possibly like SoFi switching to grass, and uh, there's so it's going to be kind of be a it'll it'll be a fun to watch in 2024. We're going to learn more and more, I think, of what the NFL really wants to do outside the US.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I still have no idea how seriously to take the European division thing. Obviously, it's something we've talked about and reported on here. Uh, it still just seems a little crazy. Um, or like, a, I mean, they can do crazy. It seems like a, an extra, you know, there's an ocean in the middle. And that, that feels like maybe too far to have full-time teams there. But... They already play there, you know. It's it's a, a big chunk of the season. They've got games over there at this point, and so you know they're going to Brazil. They could go to Australia. They can go. To, you know, they go to Germany regularly now. So maybe it's getting less crazy.
4: Yeah, I think it's. I think we're going to see. Uh, I think uh, you know. I think we're going to see expansion at some point in the NFL. I don't see. I don't think we'll see it in the near future. But I, once expansion, once they want to expand for a couple more teams, I think. Uh, I think there's going to be a either UK or a German team in the mix there, possibly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, let's do one more quick round. Eric,
1: give me one more story you see coming in 2024. Well, the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to be a big story. They've now signed uh, Shohei Ohtani at a record-breaking $700 million deal. And now the pressure's on. They've got to deliver. And they're going to deliver from a business standpoint. They've already led the league the last 10 years running in attendance. They'll do it again next year. Ratings will be good. We've already heard big numbers on merchandise sales but the Dodger brand is built around winning and this current Dave Roberts, Clayton Kershaw era, they've only got the one title in the uh, pandemic shortened 2020 season. Uh, there's some sentiment out there that that title almost really doesn't count in a certain sense. And so, um, this current ownership group would really like to get a full season title and they've spent big and, and now in unprecedented fashion to do it. And so the pressure is really on for the Dodgers to deliver. And I'm going to be fascinated to see how it turns out.
4: Hey, now I was there in 2020 to watch that. So it definitely counted.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: As we kind of say, as a resident Dodgers fan says, (laughs) (laughs) says he liked it. Uh, David, give us one more.
2: Yeah, I think we should uh, be watching for more momentum around women's sports. Uh, you know, we have uh, Caitlin Clark, you know, finishing out her career probably at Iowa. And then the growth of uh, March Madness on the women's side. You know, the NCAA is selling its uh, media rights for its championships. Um, and it could be selling it uh, those separately from the men's tournament. So you could have uh, one bidder come in and um swoop in just the uh, March Madness for the women's and another bidder come in and pay a lot of money for the volleyball championships. So that's just on the collegiate level, uh, the rise of women's basketball, women's volleyball, and then you have soccer. Uh, I mean, you have uh, the NWSL starting a new $60 million annual media rights deal with a amazon cbs Scripps, espn um is that viewership going to go up are people going to really start to care about the nwsl and you know who's winning that league are those players going to become even bigger stars if even if they're not uh, maybe on the u.s women's national team so i, I think women's sports is going to continue to grow and it's going to be interesting to see particularly on the broadcast side how that plays out
4: yeah to piggyback on that um you know, ESPN bet, they are the early signs. There's, there's been uh, some of the early data we're getting is that there's more women who are, who are betting now, including with ESPN bet that, that, that launched, uh, um, a few weeks ago. So I think there, yeah, there's a lot of the, the all of pro sports are trying to, uh, is, you know, trying to draw women in as fans and, uh, and, and keep them all the while, you know, women's sports are just taking off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it'll be interesting to see yeah how much how how, how big it can get. You know, it's it's kind of time for that potential to be realized. Um all right, Mike, uh give us give us your third.
3: Well, I mean, the biggest mystery is will Bob Iger actually bite the bullet and sell ESPN, ABC and some of uh Disney's other linear TV assets. I mean, when he's told CNBC that midway through the year, you know, people just about fell out of their chairs, you know, how can you sell ESPN? But, you know, if you look at the history of ESPN in, in the early days, it changed hands quite a bit, Getty oil and cap cities. And it was owned by various things. I, I think when we got to look at their financials, I, I think Disney would have to be crazy to let ESPN go. I think it's much more likely, Owen, that they take on a minority investors and in a league, uh, investors such as the NFL or the NBA.
0: AJ, bring us home here. What's, what's, uh, one more thing you're watching out for this year.
3: I want to see how, how X, uh,
4: formerly Twitter, you know, there's been a, <laughs> there's been a shift to threads a little bit. There's others, you know, other social networks now, um, that are kind of gaining traction in 2024. Will we see a shift? Will, will we see leagues and teams and, and, f- and, and, fans go somewhere else right now? They're still pretty much all on X, they, uh, you know, with all the aggregator accounts that we that we reported on, and all the you know the the troublesome stuff that's on there, including uh, hate and you know all this you know hate hate speech on there. You got intimidation. You've got a lot of things going on. A lot of bad things going on over there. And uh, obviously, Elon Musk hasn't been the best. Uh, uh, I think he, <laughs> the best uh, uh, steward for the platform because it's never you know when we we're on it. You know, when we first got on it over a decade ago, we knew it was was not a, a major moneymaker it wasn't worth the billions that he paid for it. Now is it becoming so toxic that we'll in 2024 that uh, we'll see a massive movement towards either threads or blue sky or somewhere else. That's one, that's one thing I'll be watching
1: to that. And, um, just to add in real quick, uh, In some of the departures that we've seen on the advertiser front, Elon Musk has made it personally, called out Bob Iger personally in a recent uh, New York Times event. And so if a league decides to cut back what they want to do, somebody big, like just to say the NBA for conversation purposes, somebody that's really been successful and active on this platform, if they decide to make a different decision based on what we see next year, particularly in a presidential election year, does Elon Musk call out somebody like Adam Silver personally? Prior history suggests that he will.
4: And Bob Iger, yeah, the whole Bob Iger, Elon Musk thing. You know, in December, Elon took, apparently it was Elon, someone at Tesla took the ESPN Plus app off off of Tesla's. I mean, it's kind of really, it. you know, Elon does take things personally, and he does <laughs> do several things that, uh, you know, that probably much no other head of a company would do
0: yeah i mean if, if you got that much money that's petty. You know, you're not used to being told no so um yeah all right well guys this has been awesome we got a big year ahead of us uh really appreciate you coming on to uh lay out what's to come uh also the mets are going to win the world series and uh <laughs> let's let's enjoy 2024 that's it for today subscribe if you haven't already we have an exciting year ahead both for the show and for the broader sports landscape and we'll keep you up on everything that's happening every weekday Thanks for
1: listening. We'll see you tomorrow.